Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Smackdown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Smackdown, but also Monday Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite. And AW Rampage, as well as uh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a mega quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Michael Sidgwick to review Friday Night SmackDown, a show I quite enjoyed. And then, <laughs> basically, long story short, I watched this uh, late last night. It's been bank holiday Monday here in the UK, which apologies, hence why this review has been delayed and why today's a bit all over the place in terms of podcasts. Me and Hamlet will be here later on to review AW Rampage. So I sort of blitzed watching this and Rampage when I got back on on, on Monday night and uh, quite enjoyed it. I thought, oh, contract signing thing was a bit weird. But it was so, you know, you know, I would just go, you know, especially with SmackDown, well, we don't need to see all this. Entrances, brilliant, 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 skip, skip, skip. So I just assumed, teaching me a lesson, heading into Monday Night Raw, that, oh, cool. Uh, I mean, it was a bit weird, all that contract signing stuff, but now we've got all the titles on the line. Like, makes sense. You've got a title unification on one side, and you've got a guy who's holding all the big titles on the other, and you've got, you know, Drew, and then, you know, so, okay, bro, you can spin that off and blah, blah, blah. No, no titles, they've just made it a six, man. So I uh, rescind my earlier, quite enjoyed this show. It's a, this show, not just this week, every week since WrestleMania is a complete waste of time. Now, you could make one could make the argument that almost every single WWE show is a waste of time because <laughs> nothing is going to inform this sort of match they've got in like three or four months. So there's a destination that we're going to really slowly and intricately build to. And we're really invested in this star and we're going to push them and we're going to sort of do everything in our booking powers to try and keep them right at the top. There's no continuity or hardly any continuity. It's so redundant with the amount of rematches and the, the fulfillment of content contractual obligations for the TV show on several levels before this recent period post-WrestleMania. This show could be considered a waste of time. <laughs> this, it's literally a waste of your time. What they are doing with Friday Night Smackdown at the minute, and I tend not to use big, sweeping, hyperbolic language and mm. to try and get clout and to try and get my rant, you know, viral and to try and like have stock and trade of being the rant guy. And, you know, the, the, I'm not going for my big network. Mm. Like, I'm as mad as hell. Mad yeah. as hell soliloquy that I hope people will listen to and go, yeah. I put that on squared circle, man. <laughs> you speak to me. I don't, I'm not interested in any of that bollocks. Like it's performative. It's Hamflick said this exact same thing on the on the raw review, which you can check out wherever you get your podcast from. Um, because it's just a total nonsense. If you haven't given up by now, you're either incredibly naive or just you're not discerning enough to warrant people listening to your analysis. Virtually everyone has given up. If you're still doing the, oh my. God, the Intercontinental title getting defended in three minutes and all this bollocks. Like, you are just chasing clout. You are yeah. just chasing likes. There is very little to any of this. This period of SmackDown has contrived to piss even me off mm. to the point where I was <laughs> legitimately fuming that I'd had to watch 
this show because what they are doing, Wilborn, is they are not producing a show. They are literally procrastinating. Mm. It's one thing... Spinning the wheels, we often say. Yes, they are spinning the wheels, but they are, at this point, procrastinating. There's no fixed direction. What they are doing is they've been... They're reaping what they sow, so there's a perverse enjoyment to all of this. But just going down the line here, and we're probably missing the the, the contract signing, so I'm just going to put it all out here, is you watch the post-WrestleMania Raw, and Roman Reigns cuts... A promo saying, I'll see you on Friday, I'm the best, or whatever. The very basic stuff, and you think, no, oh, that's a main event, that's weird. Go to SmackDown, and you're thinking, the very presence, or the very material of the the Roman Reigns segment on SmackDown was curious, because you're thinking, what happens if Boogs didn't get injured at WrestleMania? Mm-hmm. Would Shinsuke Nakamura be sort of all but telegraphed or foreshadowed as the next champion for Roman Reigns. What was the plan, if not for Shinsuke? Maybe it was Drew, right? Maybe it was Drew. And they thought, you know what, we can buy a month here with Shinsuke because we've hit the, the unfortunate injury suffered by Rick Boogs has created this narrative opportunity because there's um, an overlap with the Usos and stuff. Yeah. Then the next week, he's a lumberjack. So you think, not only did they have no plans, they'd f- had a plan fall into their lap, which is, again, fortunate because they had no plans. Mm-hmm. As Roman gets the belt, you've got the big visual and the big photo, uh, photo and you've got all the, the Tribal Chief underscore 62 accounts mm-hmm. saying, oh, we're the ones, we're the ones. He's the Tribal Chief, acknowledge him, AW sucks. Right, okay, job done. Bish, clash, bosh. Except there's not a job done because this job never actually ends. It's on every <laughs> single week, this television show. So it just, <laughs> you can't go in any world that works from and this does work because of the rights fee, which just adds to the nihilism and it means you can't rant about it because you're an idiot if you do that. You can't go from teased world title contender to lumberjack. No. You just can't do it. If you were to write the book on Shinsuke Nakamura, right? So it's 2017, time traveler from the future, says the book's been written about Shinsuke Nakamura's career. And you're thinking, oh, good, he's going to win the title from Jinder. Um, he's going to be the big star that he could be. Unfortunately... It's not going to get go there because the title of the book is from Shin, Shinsuke Nakamura from world title contender to lumberjack. And you're thinking, ah, oh, it's a sad end for Shinsuke Nakamura. I, I realized he'd lost a little bit of the magic in New Japan, but you know, he's still one of the best workers in WWE at that time. And uh, you think, ah, oh. so he goes from the gender program and in five slowly years' time, down. he slowly tumbles down the roster and the, and the card. He's a lumberjack. Oh, it's a shame. I don't want to see him as a lumberjack. It's like that's happened in a week. I was going to say, you remember those you remember those two penny machines, right? They're often like for charity stuff, and you put the two P in, and you let it go, and it rolls, and it goes. It's cool. Kids love it. It rolls round and round and round. It gets spinning, spin, 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 spin. But sometimes you put the two P in, and it just goes, just falls down to the bottom. That's basically yeah. what, they, what we thought was going to happen. But in reality, yeah. Because like... Uh, you know, uh, you guys are the ones, yourself, Hamfler, Andy Murray, those guys are the ones who come in here and spout great booking, and I just think of puns, basically. But I genuinely had two better bits of booking for Roman Reigns off the top of my dick, right? Like you say, Shinsuke falls in your lap. Boom. The story is, he goes, yeah, Shinsuke, well, even the Usos could beat him at WrestleMania. It was two on one, but the Usos could beat him. And he's not the guy he used to be. And then at WrestleMania Backlash, there's just one moment where he, I don't know, Kinshasa's Roman Reigns, and he's suddenly like, oh, like he has to get his foot on the ropes because he can't even kick out because yeah. he's been, he's, oh, Arshin. And all you see in the preceding weeks is Roman Reigns, feet up, getting, I don't know, fed grapes by Paul Heyman. He's not taking this seriously. And Shinsuke is. Shinsuke's, you know, video calling to check on boogs and training and blah, blah, blah. Or just do Roman Reigns, is the new Brock Lesnar now, lol. Then he goes, I'm the undisputed champion. No one can beat me. I've beaten everyone, basically. I know Cody said, we're going to talk about that for a few months. So um, we're just going to have a mad fatal five-way, right amount of numbers, fatal five-way to see you all face me at Hell in a Cell. Boom. Even if if they think they need Roman in a match, doesn't matter, no titles on the line, no real stakes, as has actually happened, just have a promo train. I would bury this as well, but at least you're doing something that conveys to the audience your time matters, yes. your investment matters because we're going to do something and we're going to do it the next week and the week after that. So, will title contender to Lumberjack, you think, right, okay. It's weird that they don't have a fixed storyline direction with a star that they've carefully built over the past however many months to capitalize on the increased numbers 
following WrestleMania. Well, it's just this company, it's what they do. So what they've done is they realize, right, okay, we've got literally one guy that we consider worthy enough of this sort of B pay-per-view cycle until we get to the stadiums. God knows what they're doing there, but that's a different story. We've got one guy, one wrestler on SmackDown that we think is worthy enough to work Roman in a program before we hit the stadium loop. One. Right, okay, but we don't want to do it yet because he's got to do Hell in a Cell and there's like all these inconvenient shows that we've got on the horizon. <laughs> yeah. We've only got That one. they also seemingly forget about. Yeah, we've only got one guy for them. It's like, oh, well, you know, if you just build stars and didn't have a stupid, chaotic dickhead, like just abysmal record of doing things. If you were just com- if you were just competent, this wouldn't be a problem. However, they are incompetent. So what they're doing now is they're realizing, right, the one match we vaguely got, and you know what the, you know the biggest indictment of this is? The first Roman-Drew match probably isn't going to go to a finish. No. Pr- it's probably not going to go to a finish. Drew's not winning the title. They'll need him for a second match. The Usos will interfere. There'll be some kind of chicanery afoot whereby Drew, in the stupid scripts, can say something to the effect of, I was cheated out of that. I was cheated out of that. I was cheated out of that. So on to the next one. We'll do it again. It's ah, boring. They are delaying doing a probably inevitable screwy finish because they're telling you that this one doesn't matter. Meanwhile, with the Usos in RK Bro, they are telling you on television, we're going to unify the titles. We're going to have a match where we unify the titles. This is what this set of characters wants to do. They want to prove that they are each the best tag team in WWE. Fine, great. It might have ramifications on the title pictures. They might wreck on it later on. At least there's a story that they appear to be sticking to with, theoretically, I don't particularly perceive either set of tag belts as the most prestigious set of championships that I've had the pleasure of investing in throughout my entire wrestling fandom. But there's four separate belts. There's two very over teams. One more over than the other in terms of RK-Bro. This is big-time stuff, dare I say it. Then they say, oh, we can't do that because we don't want to do the the one match we've kind of got for a B-level pay-per-view next. So just ignore it. Just completely ignore yeah. the fact that we're said we're going to do it because the wrestling shows that we produce in our capacity as pro wrestling, sports entertainment, content producers are simply too inconvenient. And the reason they are inconvenient and the reason why they are not going to happen despite us saying they're going to happen in this way, and you don't care because you're an idiot, the reason why this wrestling show isn't going to go down the way it was all but said in the storyline that it was going to be is because we are absolutely, terribly, systemically incompetent and we are not only that, but we are insulting about it as well. I said on the preview, if you recall, mm-hmm. I don't think this company is particularly good. I don't think the show's particularly good. If you do, without scroll off emojis, without just an adjective saying it, like if I have an insight into why I should be a little bit kinder to it, let me know, and I'll be all ears. We've gone from that recorded on Friday to the show on Friday evening where it's like, oh, it's even worse. And it's even more pointless than I thought it was a matter of hours ago. <laughs> Why? Like, they are procrastinating. It's they just, are procrastinating. What is the point in me watching this show? It's like uh, so many things I want to come off the back of that. I'm probably going to go all over the place and maybe forget some stuff as well. But like Newcastle United, your beloved football team. Bittersweet these days. Granted, yes. Make it very greatly bittersweet. They work really hard in the FA Cup, right? They work through quarterfinals, semifinals, and then they've got the FA Cup final, which is in reality in a couple of weeks. FA Cup final against Chelsea, who Chesterfield scored against Chelsea, right? And then they went, actually, no, it's not for the FA Cup. It's a friendly, and we're going to chuck some lads in from Soccer Aid as well, because, yeah, bollocks. Why have I watched watched months of, you know, same with the Super Bowl for our American listeners or anything like that. Like, it's just so many things. Why not Why not just have the titles on there? Because you, then you can have one of one of RK Bro lose. Drew's protected, right? Drew hasn't lost. They don't protect Randy. They don't want to do anything. Well, they granted, don't yeah, that's... to do anything. Because then you can have the bloodline of unified champions. Or just, just off the top of my head, right? Um, Roman faces Shinsuke. Do that. Roman obviously wins. 
Uh, Drew, do you do the steel cage match with with Sammy? Because it's quite I thought it was quite enjoyable. That mm. it's just a you know fun little. I mean, for TV, it was very enjoyable. We'll I don't see. know whether it would go on paper uh, on premium live event, but you know what I mean. Yeah, do all that. Maybe not because you're like, hell in a cell. All right, okay, whatever. Blah 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 blah. blah. Uh, and then Drew goes, uh, I want to I want to fight for the title at Hell in a Cell. Right there, you do you don't do it in a cell because that's insane. Why we suddenly just go straight to a cell? You make some maybe a women's match is the Hell in a Cell main event because I bloody hope the women's match better main event this upcoming pay per view because the only one that deserves it. Um, and he uses I'm not going to use the Usos here. He uses a loaded glove or something like that or a chair or something. And Drew's got an excuse. Oh, well, you do. No, I beat you back of the line. And Roman takes Money in the Bank off because it's Money in the Bank. So it's everyone qualifying. Drew's in Money in the Bank. Uso screwed Drew out of that. Then you've got yourself basically to where we're probably going to anyway with some story rather than just match, DQ, bollocks, ah, screw you, pay for the next uh, premium live event. Uh, we'll maybe do some stuff on telly, but like you say, it won't matter. It's just infuriating. Like, the, the I can't tell you the speed with which I went, oh, that was a quite a good smackdown. Because I sort of vaguely said, I saw your tweet, I saw maybe like a link to the Ups and Downs article, or maybe the numbers on the Ups and Downs article, same with Rampage. I thought, oh, I think everyone's been a bit bit harsh on these wrestling shows over the weekend. I thought I quite enjoyed that. Just fun bit of stuff. I get it, I watch it at double speed, so I'm not going to spend the same amount of time watching it. And then on Raw, when suddenly... I'd sort of not paid attention enough skimming through SmackDown. And they're like, yeah, 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 six man. And I'm like, that doesn't say championship. That doesn't say any championships. And I go on Wikipedia this morning, I go, what the... F-? It's it's baffling that people would stand so much for this company. I'm not going to stand for AEW. I, I, I enjoy both companies for very different reasons. But how you can be like, this is where it's at, boys. This is the blueprint everyone should follow is baffling. Yeah, it's just they are they don't want to do anything meaningful until a certain fixed point of time of the year. It's usually WrestleMania. They're just waiting to do the stadiums where they think, oh, we look at our biggest here. We'll do a decent or at least we'll try to do something decent here. This what's going on with WrestleMania Backlash is just naked content for content's sake. The Nature of the content will shift from one week to the next on the whim of Vince McMahon. And you are just meant to watch it. Well, if you're going to do that, and they're not going to do this, obviously money, when you mentioned their TV rights especially, have two months off. Have two months off and come back. Come back in, what would it be? At this point, I would want AEW to take two months off as well. Yeah, like, come back in June and we go, right, it's June now. We're heading towards SummerSlam in, I know this one's July, but generally early August. Here's where we're heading. Maybe get a couple of pay-per-views. Even like, just a month even just a month. Like I'd sort love, your head out. So it's just sort your head out. Recalibrate where you've been. Like make like things wouldn't get fall through the cracks. This happens in AEW quite a lot as well. Things wouldn't fall through the cracks. Uh, what happened with the Dark Order and Hangman Page, for example? Like absolutely nothing. Like, absolutely nothing. There's various things in both companies where just the, the the relentless, never-ending weekly cycle will just make it worse than it could be. That's where the money is. Uh, just. They don't want to do this show. They so clearly do not want to do it with the various rematches that require minimal build, with this main event that it's become. They do not want to do this show. Why would anyone, not just someone like me who doesn't particularly like it anymore, the format's not for him, the style's not for him. Um, Why would literally anybody want to watch a show that they so clearly consider to themselves an inconvenience that they don't really want to do? I'm just... Baffled by it. Yeah, I, like, even to, to an extent of, like, Friday night, me and Cleary went to the pub. You may have noticed on the video where we talked about the another round of WWE releases that we were quite oiled at that point. If SmackDown was on normal time here in the UK, I wouldn't cancel plans. I can't come out SmackDown. Yeah. On. It's just insane. Anyway, let's talk about this show. Let's dive into it. Because I enjoyed the opener. Like I said, steel cage match. Drew McIntyre, Sami Zayn. Um, do the entrances. In the midst of all this, they recap the fact that Three weeks ago, Sami Zayn ran away. Then two weeks ago, Sami Zayn ran away. And then last week, Sami Zayn ran away. But thankfully, now... Sort of my interest. <laughs> thankfully, Sid, now they're in a steel cage. What's the one thing you can't do inside a steel cage? Run away. I mean, you can open the door and try and run away. It'll climb out immediately. But yeah. There's two, two ways. Two ways of running away. Double it, if anything. Yeah, no, you've, got, you've got more opportunity to run away from the match held to stop someone running away. 
Instantly, I think this is stupid. Yeah. Instantly, this is very, very stupid. But I get, I get it. Steel Cage, visually, you're you're trapped in or whatever, and, and Zayn sells it brilliantly because Sami Zayn's mint of of oh, I really don't want to get in here with that guy because then it's he's far too close and I can't even dive out the ring for a breather or anything like that. Also, they uh, heavily. Uh, did this a few times, actually, and made sense, obviously, in the end, that they were like, hey, Drew Gulak's here, and he's a special guest timekeeper. And I was like, that's a weird choice. I know he was doing a special new interviewer last week, and I feel bad for him because he should be wrestling because Brian Danielson pointed out himself, he's mint. He taught Brian Danielson some stuff, and think about how long he's been yeah. in. Anyway, so, they, oh, Drew Gulak, what's going on? Anyway, okay, Zane, Zane hesitates, gets in. And they go, okay, ring the bell. Immediately tries to, immediately tries to run away. Uh, of course, McIntyre pulls him back in, though, chops him, and then just starts bouncing him off the sides of the cage. And the fans do one more time, and he chucks it in a few times. The third time he goes to do it, though, Sami Zayn, you know, jumps on... Uh, jumps on the side of the cage, tries to escape. Uh, McIntyre goes after him and pulls him back in. Uh, and that allows Zayn, uh, in the midst of all that, to drive McIntyre's head into the cage and hit a sunset flip powerbomb, which looked nice, uh, and take control. Zayn's in control as we come back from the break. Again, he's slamming McIntyre's head into the cage. McIntyre fights back, and then Zayn just, he's trapped between the ropes and the cage, and he hits him with a halluva kick. Um, he tries to take that, use that to his advantage and climb out of there, but McIntyre recovers and pulls him back down via his hair. Uh, he runs wild, sends Zane into the cage, belly-to-belly -belly suplex, neck breaker, goes to the Claymore, uh, but Zane goes, oh, I can't have this, uh, climbs out, tries to climb out again. They're fighting on the top. Zane knocks down McIntyre, and you think, oh, my God, Zane's going to slip out and, and escape from the cage. But just as he's about to get away, McIntyre grabs him, pulls him back up, they hit this huge superplex, and then Sammy Zane struggles to his feet to turn around into a Claymore by Drew McIntyre. I think... It, it was bit, it's been three weeks of frustration with the running away, running away, lumberjack, run away, et cetera, et cetera. But as a little mini thing, I mean, I don't, I feel bad about them, you know, having Zami Zayn Lunik lose again. But as a little thing, and I get why they've done it now, I subsequently realise why they've done it like this on this show. I think this whole thing's been quite enjoyable. Depends on your tolerance for wackiness and yeah. things not mattering. It's a self-contained match, I guess, to an extent. I thought, eh. yeah. Eh. <laughs> Sami Zayn being a cowardly, sniveling little tosser is great value. Give him the briefcase. Yes, he'd be very good in that role because it's not going to make a prestigious champion. So you might as well go right the other opposite end of the extreme there. So yes, I do agree with that take. There's elements of fun, and then Sammy can, obviously, he's one of the best baby first workers of all time. He can switch it on and when he when the job and the particular match requires it. So there are elements of the match where I thought, you know what, the body language that Sami Zayn's doing is good. His little sort of devilish cutoffs did create a sense of drama, and he kind of wrong-foots you with how good he still is. So there's a dimension and there's a depth uh, to the character, but... It's a WWE steel cage match. I'm usually just horrifically bored throughout. <laughs> you should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, we got a recap next of the uh, contract signing with, with Flair and, and Rousey and the kendo stick and all that. And then uh, Charlotte Flair's in the back with, Hey, Kayla! Uh, who uh, says, oh, don't get embarrassed. Everyone adores me. I'm going to humiliate Rousey tonight. I'm going to win the Beat of the Clock Challenge, basically. Then we got Happy Talk. Uh, Corbin welcomes everyone. He says, it's a new, improved version of Happy Talk. It's better because there's no Mad Cat Moss. Uh, and he hates him and he hates his crap jokes and all that. Uh, and he said, look, we, we, I realized that Mad Cat Moss, all he cared about was that stupid Andre the Giant Memorial Trophy. I'm going to beat uh, Moss at WrestleMania Backlash, but for tonight, I'm going to destroy this trophy. And he gets a couple of blokes to bring out this trophy, and, and, and then they cut to a video of uh, Moss winning the the, the uh, Andre the Giant Michael Battle Royal and um, Corbin eventually stealing the trophy last week. Corbin insists, he says, hand me a sledgehammer, I'm going to destroy this trophy, I'm going to smash it into pieces and ruin Moss's day, basically. But then it's revealed that one of the two blokes who carried the trophy out is Mad Cat Moss in a jumpsuit, and he, he's, you know, caught, they do the nice reveal of Corbin's got his back to him, he's got his hand extended, he turns around, suddenly realises, oh my God, it's Mad Cat Moss, and he's got a sledgehammer, and they brawl, and Moss sends him out of the ring, and he celebrates with his trophy to end the segment. What do you make of this? Not much. Not much at all. It's when you try to tell stories between stupid characters, you are only reminded that the characters are stupid and the story is impossible to invest in. I give a toss about as a result. Uh, something struck me here. Car- uh, Baron Corbin, Happy Corbin, whatever, said, I only needed you to tell terrible jokes. Only No, I only needed you to tell jokes. And... You were rubbish even at that. What? Why did he need someone next to you to tell jokes? Like, <laughs> why? Seriously, why? To get a rise out of his opponents, to make them a little bit too hot in the head, too hot-tempered. So it's a strategy to get a, a baby face being wrestling too emotionally. Mm-hmm. So if they're not considering like the next chains of offense because they've been wound up by, you know, Mad Cat Moss and Poudin and all that. <laughs> thing. Oh, I need to get him. And Corbin, oh, you fell into my trap, young man, because you're wrestling too emotionally, too impulsively. You're prone to making errors because you're a little bit too enthusiastic. Oh, sorry, you've rushed into that bit of offense. I've just got the counter for you. Is that what this is for? <laughs> Maybe. Or is it just because Vince has got a wacky sense of humor and he thought it would be funny? If you... what? what Am I the only person on earth who's just considered that? Mm. Am I? I mean, yeah, it was... That's the point, I guess. But it's still like, okay, that's the point. How could he possibly get hot-tempered at someone irritating, just telling jokes at you? Because Wilborn, the nicest one in the world, (laughs) you did that to me all day, (laughs) and I find it endearing. (laughs) What was the one about the, uh, the tea bags? In the host of, what would you get if you crossed you and the host of? Oh, um, uh, celebrity juice. And you gave me. <laughs> oh yes, I was in the office. So right, we've gone around the houses about this, but uh, Will Bond sent me here. Cedric, what do you get if you cross me and the host of TV Juice? Celebrity juice, yeah. Celebrity it, juice. And he just handed me and threw at me a packet of lemon and ginger infusion tea bags. <laughs> Look at him, he's, he's cackling like madcap. <laughs> like, I'm not going to apply a series of connected submission moves to you because no, I'm so no. annoyed that you've told me this bad joke. No, no, <laughs> no, it's a good point. I will say. There's no heat to this. No one cares about it in the building. No, but I think, you know, it's one of those. It's, I've said this before, there's, there's certain. Willborn cheat codes that I automatically go, yep, love that. And like, it's anything. I was was watching this random thing the other day on, on YouTube and they did the bit where Cody, remember when Cody had his mask on and he was bagging people? Yeah. And he's like, you need, a ca- you need a bag on your head. You need a bag on your head. You need a bag on your head. And this bloke chins him. He's got a bag on his head and he pulls it off. It's Ted DiBiase Jr. And I was like, I remember being like, yeah, get him. <laughs> so like this, just he was just like, because I didn't pick it up, pick it up when he was, you know, they did a quite nice job for once of sort of hiding it. I'm like, oh, here's two schlubs bringing out a trophy and some overalls. 
And then, aha, actually one of the slubs is, is my cat Moss, and you didn't realise. So just uh, sometimes stuff like that. Look, I'll, think, I'll give them credit for doing an angle. Yes, they so yeah. rarely do yeah, angles. Exactly. It's just talk. It's just chat. It's just contract signings. They did an angle here. Mm. I didn't care about it, but, you know, three out of ten. Mm. For one thing, from one thing that they made an effort to, to another, finally put some prestige on the <laughs> championship scene. Honestly, in 2045, dickheads will still be saying this. Yeah. Oh, what about... And then, then they'll still be going. In 2045, they'll be like... Bret Hart, you know, you know, think about all the guys that won this. Well, talk about the people who won it from, let's like, say, 2010 to, to, to now. Uh, Bret Hart. Godfather won it in 99. <laughs> yeah. It's hardly the work rate belt. Maybe it was just some stupid bit of metal that they threw from one performer to the other because it's easier for them to write storylines without mm-hmm. the crooks. So it's Ricochet versus Shanky, continuing that epic feud of theirs. Um, surprise, surprise, Shanky beat Ricochet down early on, size advantage, slowed the pace down, slam, big elbow, two count. Ricochet tries to fight back, comes off the second turnbuckle, but Shanky just grabs him and hoys him across the ring. Um, again, Shanky slows the pace down, misses an elbow drop, and Ricochet fires back up, punches, kicks, springboard crossbody off the middle rope for a near fall, goes up top, but Mahal trips him up there. And uh, Shanky looks like he's got the match won. He's going to win the title. He's got Ricochet on his shoulders, but Ricochet slips out and steals one, rolling him up for a three count. Not only that, but we seemingly got a huge split. <gasps> I'm not writing this even on the copy for this episode because Mahal yelled at Shanky and Shanky said no and walked off at the end of this. My God. Like, what can I possibly say about this? I've got no emotional investment in the relationship between Jinder Mahal and no. Shanky. Um, Ricochet was just magically given the title after doing months of nothing. So I don't really take him seriously as a champion. This is exactly the sort of match that anyone can work with, the, you know, enough training. I'm not being an idiot. Big man, stronger than me. I will work from underneath and then I will steal one using my superior athletic ability and being a babyface pro wrestling intellect. I'm 36 years old. I turn 37 years old in September of this year. I've been watching the World Wrestling Federation and other forms of wrestling subsequent to that since I was five or six. This is the most basic. By the numbers. By the numbers. Simple storytelling. Children's television. And because there are enough adults out there who still like it, it's my job to talk about this children's television. And mercifully, you know, there's wrestling done what is subjectively to me anyway the right way um, that is presented to the benefit of and for the purpose of adults. Um, but the market leader does stuff like this just for kids. It's, and that's fine. But the people on Twitter who go, touch grass, get some bitches, Sidgwick, you're scaring the hoes, right? <laughs> They're not six years old. Just enjoying the, 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 the new hero, Ricochet. Oh, he's got a belt. He must be good. And oh, he's big and scary, the person he's having a fight with. But oh, he's beating my hero one. Right. They're not on Twitter telling me to get some more bitches. <laughs> when was the so last... It's fine for them to like it. But if you're an adult telling people on Twitter that they are AEW sexuals with neck beards who need to touch grass, get some bitches. Um, if you don't do all of this, you'll be scaring the hoes. Stop reaching. Like, what, who am I, who's this for? Not to, uh, not to be the guy, you know, who said, oh, uh, uh, this, the legacy of this title, blah, blah, blah. When was the last time the Intercontinental Championship was defended on pay-per-view or premium live event? I'm, I'm, I may have missed one here, but I'm back to money in the bank right now. Well, last year. Yeah. Yeah. I've not forgotten something really obvious here. You must be mistaken, Wilborn, because the second that thing is handed to a technically capable mid-card wrestler, we are told, right, procedures come back to this. And, you know, there's been a fair amount of technically gifted mid-card wrestlers who've held it over the past year. And you say none of it's gone on pay-per-view. Mate, I think, I think it was 37. I think it was WrestleMania 37. I mean, I'm not going to get worked up about this. I might tweet to get some clout, obviously. Because, you know, Adam... Who worked for it at 37? It, wasn't it the the tr- tribal... What was it called? With Big E and... Oh, the drum fight. Yeah. Yeah, Nigerian drum fight, night two. I think it's been a year, over a 
Because <laughs> I was about to say, well, Ricochet is obviously not going to defend it on pay per view now because he had two title matches on telly and he did that before WrestleMania. It's not, it's not a concern of theirs, and it should not be the concern of anyone with a working brain. Oh, fair enough. Uh, right, Raquel Rodriguez was backstage being interviewed by Kayla um, Braxton. Braxton asked if she was nervous, and she said, "Oh, I'm not nervous. I look too good for that." Now I'm joking. I am really nervous. <laughs> God. I want to make an impact tonight, blah, blah, blah. And it was Raquel Rodriguez versus Kat Cardosa. Uh, and it was just a squash match, obviously, as we anticipated. Cardosa jumped Rodriguez before the bell. That fired her up. When the bell started, she just murdered her. Here with a clothesline, there was two fallaway slams, a twisting splash. There was a brief uh, fight back from Cardosa, who hit her with a knee in the corner and choked Rodriguez on the top rope, but Rodriguez picked her up from there, powerbombed her, one, two, three. Look, we've been fans of, of uh, Raquel Gonzalez, as she was in NXT, and uh, we're hopeful for her on the main roster. Not look anymore, at, look at the size of her. But yeah, what did you make of the match and the way, you know, the way that she has been presented Recently, I mean, even Phil pointed this out to me. Obviously, he talks about SmackDown on the weekends, uh, about how smiley she is. Just happy to be there. You know why? Because smiling, Wilborn, it's infectious. And what does WWE do? Put a smile on faces. They put smiles, Wilborn, on people's faces. Smile, I know you're one of your best mates and your former tag team partner has just been released today, but smile. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll be next. Otherwise, you'll be next. Smile, smile for the people. These people want to see how fun out there. Self-deprecating monster. Now, to me, it's not very flattering. In fact, it's an oxymoron because those things do not belong together, just like the character does not belong to uh, Raquel Rodriguez. The whole... <laughs> 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 you look like this, you don't have to be nervous. I'm really nervous. I just want to make a good impression. If you want to portray a character with the most broad strokes imaginable to be, this is a smiling, happy person who's nice... Go out there and cheer them when they beat up the bad guy. It's as basic as it gets. doesn't really, you know, do anything for me. But there's still something to it where they can be nice, but big and tough and mean, but good for the kids. I, it's, if I'm doing this through the lens of a six-year-old's head, just say something to the effect of, I'm not nervous. Do you want to know why? I've trained hard and I've worked hard to get where I am today. Right? Good values. Yeah, good kids. My competitor might not be the most well-known, but it'll be her biggest day of her career as well. So we're going to go out there, and I'm going to have a competitive match, and hopefully I'll win. That's the worst promo you've ever heard, Will Bourne. <laughs> and it's still better than this. Don't say you're nervous. Look at the size of you. Yeah. You want people to believe in you? Yeah. You didn't express any of this nervousness in the match where you just killed someone <laughs> in quite an entertaining way. Yeah. Handily. Why does everyone have to talk weird? I don't know. Where have the badasses gone? Well, there's only room for one. His name's Roman Reigns. Yeah. Uh, Ludwig Kaiser heaped some praise on Gunther, and he said, and "Gunther then said respect would be taken." Yeah, he's you know he's a bit of a badass. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, I used to like him more, but it's mm -hmm. WWE. So what are you going to do? Uh, oh, God, then we got the contract. I forgot. I thought we'd already done it. I thought what we'd ran it about earlier, that was because we'd started oh, it. No, it was at the. It was near the end. Yeah. But, well, we're near the end, aren't we? We got the contract signing. We're, we're somewhere. Oh. Uh, um, uh, Postman Pierce is there. RK Bro come out. The Usos come out, and they say, hey, RK Bro, you the twos. You're the you know Raw Tag Team Champions, but we the ones. Uh, and you're going to acknowledge us, and you're going to unify the titles. And Riddle uh, says, to Randy, you can't tell the difference between the Usos. And uh, Orton says, oh, come on, mate, you've been here long enough. You should be able to tell the difference. You've got Jay Uso right there. He's, he's the right-hand man. And the Usos are like, hey, he does know who we are. And he's like, there's Jimmy. He's a little bitch. And they were like, oh, what? We weren't expecting this. Did not take kindly to that. That's a fight. A brawl breaks out. Surprise, surprise, contract uh, signing Carnage. Um, and then suddenly Roman Reigns' music hits, and this distracts RK-Bro, and that allows the Usos to jump him and take control, and Reigns comes in. He didn't, as I've written down, ripped up the contract. He didn't rip up the contract. He just sort of screwed it up and then shoved it into yes. Riddle's mouth. Um, and then Drew McIntyre comes out to make the save, and uh, he knocks down the Usos and comes in and, and faces off with Reigns, who looked incredibly concerned. And uh, Reigns gets knocked out of the ring by Drew McIntyre. We've sort of done this arse backwards because we've talked a little bit about it on Raw. But yeah, I thought, oh, sick. They've, they've rolled Don't it. That's shame, man. They, oh, sick. They've rolled it all into one and they're going to put all the tiles on the line. And then I just 
uh, should have realised from the fallout from this that it wasn't the case. I don't even hate that as a match if that was the match. Like, every near fall has got multiple layers of ramifications and reverberations and all the rest of it, and then, ah, it's just a match. And it's also a nice sort of flashback to, what was it, Rock, Kane and Taker versus Trips, Shane and Vince. That was for for the title. We did one with Orton and Triple H and various other people in 2009. That was really good on that basis as well. Um, But that's that's what we're getting, so no point talking about that. This show has just spent every single week not wanting to do anything, coming close to doing something, realizing we don't actually want to do the something that we've nearly done. So let's not only insult the intelligence of the audience and just not sort of um, adhere to our own storytelling, but then remove the stake. So the next phase of storytelling is just bullseye wrestling. Mm. It's what you could have won. Yeah, and it's... Oh, this is the real quiz. This is what matters now. You it's know. just a load of absolute crap. Uh, so after this, a brawl was fun, but it, it was a you know base, basic by the numbers brawl again. Paul Heyman goes to see Postman Pierce. He says Roman Reigns is unhappy, uh, and uh, he wants to make it a six man. Which Postman Pierce says, "Oh, I'm not sure I can do that." And Heyman yeah, says, because oh. it makes no sense." Yeah, Heyman's, and Heyman says, "Oh, you know, I'll go and complain to the, the other higher powers or whatever." Uh, and they did later on announce it, and I missed it. Or I, I knew it had been confirmed, but I just was just assumed ass- it would be good. Yeah, assumed <laughs> assumed it would be meaningful. Yeah, the, you know, normally when you say we're going to make an addition to something, it, the word "addition" yeah implies a lack of subtraction, not <laughs> a subtraction. Yeah, I get. Sorry, you get Roman Reigns. <laughs> sorry, they just doing the pose. From the meme. Trade off it. <laughs> you get Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, and it's a match. I get no stakes. <laughs> right. Um, In event I, time? Huh? Not yet. Uh, no, we got fed uh, Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I've just scrolled my notes up there. We'll fly through some stuff because none of it really mattered. Now, I love Naomi and Shayna Baszler, but their match was completely undercut immediately after the bell rang. Because I watched that and went, oh, well, that's going to be in a video package. and then So basically, they had a, they had a good fun match. You know, Shayna Baszler, it's someone I still hold a candle for. And she, she works Naomi's arm, and that's the story of the match. And uh, Naomi sent Baszler into the middle turnbuckle, rolled her up one, two, three. But that didn't matter because literally, it, you barely got uh, ding, 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 and then the Naomi's music playing before Natalia was just all over her. But I will say I did like what came after the match. Naomi, uh, sorry, Sasha Banks made the save for Naomi, and she got caught up in a sharpshooter. Natalia smashed her knee on the ring apron, hardest part of the ring, and uh, sharpshooted her in the ropes, and then made her watch as Shayna Baszler did that amazing stomp that she does on uh, people's arms. They look like she shattered their bones. They're still not going to win the titles, though. Probably still not going to win the titles. Um, if anything, a glimpse into how cool Shayna Baszler could have been. Again, it's more bullseye wrestling. Yeah. It's almost cruel at this point. This match did not matter. Nope. Uh, Sheamus and Rich Holland are backstage. Um, they've taken a gimmick that we do on NXT on our preview called uh, Where's Wendy? which is where we guess uh, where Wendy Chu is. And if you don't know who she is, please do look her up and then tell me your reactions to this. Uh, and they've read, read on that as, where's Butch? Where's Butch? Um, there's stuff on social media. There was like, it was the most, I mean, it's the worst Photoshop job I've, I've ever seen. And I do, I've done some Photoshops occasionally for my Twitter where I just sort of go, yeah, that head's basically the same size. <laughs> Pop that on there. Um, and... Uh, it was like, oh, where's Butch? He could be uh, uh, here at the arena. Have you seen him? He could be in England. And they were like, oh, picture of Big Ben. Uh, or he could be chilling out at Coachella. I was like, what the f*** is this? Anyway, in the midst of all this, I'm not sure if that came later on the show. I don't care. Um, prior to that, Seamus and Ridge Bully Hollander backstage. And they've been putting up posters. Well, wouldn't you know? Well, they put them up all in all the same places. Wouldn't you notice? Like it's, 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 yeah, it doesn't care. Fight night, fight night, how we bloody go. Do you want to talk about that? No, okay. Um, no, not really. Uh, Xavier Woods versus Rich Bloody Holland. Oh, for f- I've just remembered what happened here again. How many times are they going to do this to the New Day and, and these guys are just, we're going to literally make you do 50-50 booking in front of everyone's eyes. So it, it, you talk about things not mattering. 
who emerged better at this? Well, I suppose technically, but it wasn't related to the match. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. New Day cut a promo. It's quite fun. They talked about the fact that, you know, they got together as a team in 2014. They're still together. And Sheamus keeps going through uh, partners. Can't mention some of the partners because they've been fired. Yeah. Um, and uh, he said, you know, you've been shaking it for all these different teams. We should call you Shake It Sheamus. And because it's the New Day, that gets over. After you. Yeah. The crowd did like it. Uh, anyway. Because, you know, they are seals who are <laughs> able to be conditioned. Um, you could, honestly, you could lead any kind of chant at a wrestling show. Yeah. You could say anything. And as long as you do it in the correct sort of delivery and cadence to make it. They basically do it in a way that says, chant this without saying it. So it's like... Uh, the, the, it's the three syllables rule, isn't it? Yeah. What could I... In this hypothetical scenario, make hypothetical wrestling fans say, "We smell bad. <laughs> we, we smell bad. We smell bad. We smell bad." And you get those people who don't wash their arseholes, just basically admitting this in public, as if it wasn't already completely obvious. Yeah. We smell bad. I still we smell bad. You know, my adoration for The Rock is my favorite wrestler of all time. But even I, when it, I can't remember, where, it must have been Cena. I assume in the midst of that feud. He was like, yeah, everyone's going to call you a popcorn fart. And I was like, oh, oh, I wouldn't want to chant that. That's rubbish. Popcorn. Uh, uh, the Rock was pretty bad towards the end. Yeah, I'll admit that. But it's, but not, hey, it's not the hey, end now. Hey, 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 this bit was all right. <laughs> anyway, um, so we get the match. Um, Ridge Bloody Holland's a big, strong lad. And uh, he, he dominates Wood, sends him all over the shop, and then goes shoulder first into the post and gets hit with the tornado DDT off the apron as Woods recovers. Um, Woods fights back. Holland sort of hit him with a... It's not a pounce because he didn't come off the thing, but he's a bit where he just sort of goes for the legs and just sort of black powers up. And Woods sells it brilliantly because Xavier Woods is fantastic as well. Anyway, Holland goes for a powerbomb, uh, and Woods catches him with backwards again, for the victory, and I thought, oh, that's fun. They're making a narrative of like, oh, I, the new day of you know may not have the power advantage, but they're you know they've got the smarts, they've got the in ring, and then Sheamus just went, right, let's have a match now. Me and you, Govey, Govey went, yeah, all right, and then that that happened, and there was some fun stuff again in there because it's Kofi and Sheamus, and they're just yeah, veterans. Yeah, Twenty ten, yeah. Kofi hits a trustful. Uh, Kingston goes to the SOS. Sheamus puts him in, keeps hitting him with the Irish curse backbreaker. Sheamus sets up the bro kick. Kingston avoids it. SOS, near fall. Kingston goes off top, gets hit with a knee and a sort of running bro kick. One, two, three. So a complete 50-50 booking. But then Sheamus and Holland attack the New Day afterwards and they uh, Holland power bombs Woods through it afterwards. Uh, in total, how long did this last? Oh, God knows. The two matches, probably about 12 minutes. And then the, the promo, fifteen at entrances. least, yeah, twenty probably minutes. Right. right. Before this happened, before these twenty minutes unfolded, right, I had not a great deal of care or affection for either of these acts in their current incarnations and the way they've been booked. Mm -hmm. I kind of thought, oh well, you know, the British lads are probably a bit better uh, because they've won <laughs> at WrestleMania, which is the real quiz. Oh yeah. I thought it was, yeah, that should have been the end, really, shouldn't it? So in my head, I'm thinking, oh, that was should have been the end. And I'm thinking, oh, well, one team's better than the other because they are, you know, the newer one, and they got the win at WrestleMania. 20 minutes later. A few minutes later. 20 minutes later. <laughs> like, literally nothing changes. No. Nothing. It's, it's just content. It is just content that they don't, don't want to do anything. Because if they do something, if they definitively have one act go over the other, that would mean that they have to do something else. God <laughs> damn it. Uh, Wilborn, I'm not going to give you any spoilers on the series itself, and no spoilers are for forthcoming. Um, you haven't seen Twin Peaks yet. Nope. Nor the 1992 prequel film Firewalk With Me. No. Right. This won't spoil literally a thing in terms of the, the grand narrative or the mysteries or whatever. But um, there's a character called uh, Carl Rod, played by the, the, the wonderful... Tragically missed Harry Dean Stanton. And uh, he's got this thing on his trailer. It's like, do not wake me up before 9 a.m. dot, 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 ever. Right. And then they knock on the trailer door and they read it. They go, oh, God, who's going to come out? Like some big brute. It's like, older guy, Harry Dean Stanton, who runs a trailer park. 
And they say, like, look, as part of the FBI inv- investigation, we're going to have to look in various trailers and all the rest of it. And uh, in a brilliant line, Carl Rogers goes, that ah, just means there's more shit i got to do now. <laughs> and that's uh, WWE's Carl Rogers book. There's more shit i got to do now. Exactly, yeah. Just, it, it, it sounds like the biggest inconvenience to this man's life just to open a trailer door. Yeah. He doesn't have to investigate the case. No. He just has to open a trailer door. But like the, the delivery is so phenomenal. I've got to open a door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just... Oh, I'm going to do more booking. Yeah. Teams of people. They've got loads of them. Just delegated. Too many, if anything. Uh, right, we got another of the Lacey Evans vignettes, which um, I don't always say they're divisive. They're divisive to me because I, I, I like them, and they're you know they're they're getting her story over, and it's, it's a truly astonishing, fascinating, heartbreaking story. Arguably, I admire the hell out of her. But at the same time, I've got your voice in the back of my head going, they're going to turn a heel in three months. She's already been a heel. And she's so already been a heel, yeah. Very little of the scans is earnest. If this was their opening gambit with presenting the Lacey Evans character on television, I could maybe get into this. Even if she'd been like the the baddie in, in NXT, you're like, okay, well, fresh start. We're just going to present I mean, her. I still whinge about it then, let's be honest. Yeah, but it, less I don't so. want to make up hypothetical WWE scenarios where I'd say, I'd be on board if they did this. Because <laughs> I know for a fact right, I would. Okay, fair enough. If there was some kind of impetus behind the change of heart where she decided that... She was friends with someone, and she said, you know what, for the sake of my, whatever, it's all very stupid, isn't it, wrestling? For the sake of my morality, yeah, mm. I've decided I'm going to be a better person. It's stupid. It's so stupid. But regardless, um, if this was my first introduction to the Lacey Evans character, I would say this material is obviously real. I admire the hell out of her. Um, good on her for being able to, it's a work, so there's always that little bit of cynicism that creeps in, but yeah, good on her for being able to, or, you know, being successfully cajoled into saying it by her boss, which is how these things happen. Mm-hmm. But you'd still hopefully have a little bit about you to say, you know what, I do legitimately admire the hell out of it. Maybe it's a little bit exploitative, mm-hmm. putting this on television, on a wrestling program of all things. But you know what, I admire her. I will take that admiration into whatever she does next. She was a cartoon character in 2019. A total and utter cartoon mm-hmm. character. Um, so I can't take any of this seriously it's they like to forget things. Being a goldfish, I can't. No, exactly. Right, main event time. Uh, it God. was the two beat the clock challengers. Uh, Ronda Rousey faced Shotzi, um, and Charlotte Flair faced Aaliyah. Charlotte Flair came down before Ronda Rousey's match, and again, true timekeeper Drew Gulak was shown here, uh, and Shotzi just tried to run away for early parts of her match with Ronda Rousey, which I thought, yeah, that makes sense. I'd do that if I was in the ring with Ronda Rousey and she was trying to make me say I quit, or I'd just say I quit straight away. Um, Shotzi gets caught with a kick and a suplex by Rousey. She uh, gets her in a second suplex and eventually locks on the ankle lock, uh, and the referee puts the mic in her face, and she screams, I quit, after one minute and 41 seconds, I think it was. Uh, Post-match, Flair gets on the mic and goes, oh, that was good, enjoy that win, because that'll probably be the last win you have for a while. Uh, Send Aaliyah out here, and I'll just beat the crap out of her and show what I can do and let's, let's just get her saying I quit as quickly as we can. Uh, Aaliyah adopted a different strategy. She she was the plucky baby face as she has been. Um, she gets a bit of a bit of uh, fire in early on but then Flair takes over. Big boot to the face and uh, she's got the match won. There's like 40 seconds left um, and she's, she's got Rousey again at ringside and she's showing off, setting up for the figure eight but Aaliyah does that thing as, as Rousey turns around. She kicks Flair in the arse, sends her through the ring ropes, and suddenly Flair realizes she's on the floor. She's got like 15 seconds left. She's panicking. She dumps back in the ring. She lays out Aaliyah properly, puts on the figure eight, but before Aaliyah can scream, I quit, the time runs out. Credit to Aaliyah, by the way, who really sold the figure eight post. She's like slapping on the mat to submit, but the time has run out. Pat McAfee got confused in all this. He was like, so well, there's Aaliyah won. And they were like, Cole's like, shut the fuck <laughs> Rousey's won. Rousey's won the beat the clock challenge. Uh, Flair was furious that she'd lost afterwards uh, after being taunted by Ronda Rousey. And she walks over to Drew Gulak. Surprise, surprise. They have the reason they've been focusing on him. He's the timekeeper of the night. She beats him up. She chucks him in the ring. She grabs the ring bell. She smashes it over his back before she can stand tall to close this show. We have found, you have found, 
the Achilles heel to Charlotte Flair. She cannot win beat the clock matches. She can hates she? him. She absolutely can't tell the time. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's absolutely yeah. She doesn't know whether it's daylight, moonlight, or Fanny by the gaslight <laughs> when that <laughs> clock is up there. William Regal, I love that from you so much that I'm going to make it a thing on our podcast. It's yeah. your thing. It's your thing. But I'm, I'm going to steal it a little bit. Yeah, as soon as the digital things appear on that Titan Tron, she doesn't know if it's daylight, moonlight, or fanny by the gaslight. Um, I already did not care about this um, pairing of matches because if this didn't happen... The thing they were building towards already would happen regardless. Mm. Right. Storm. You made a very good point on the preview about that. Why yes. are they doing this? They don't get to pick the stipulation. Yeah. They're... If the thing that this thing is advertising or building is going to happen, if this thing doesn't, the thing's going to still. Oh, why? why? <laughs> and like in storytelling, right? If certain character, right, doesn't appear. Come back into someone's life that they were thought long dead. <laughs> the next beat can't possibly go into motion. Like this character has to do something for the next thing to happen, and then their interaction with another character has to make something else happen. Right? It's called storytelling. It's <laughs> 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 it's what they do. You tell stories that reflect society. Bruce Pritchard, you're an asshole. <laughs> So, I just it, it's like trying to explain this to WWE like the five. Mm. If the thing that you are doing doesn't matter, why am I watching it? <laughs> if the thing that you are doing now to build a thing to tell the next chapter, you don't need it to do. Why, why, why am I watching it? Yeah. Why? Am I watching this television show? Could You could have even had it, like you say. I'm trying to work out what they could have put on the line other than the dreaded momentum. Like, I don't know. They get to pick the referee. Pick the stip? Pick the, well, the stip, yeah, but the stip's already happened. They're doing an I quit match, right? Just go back in time yeah. and do just say, I oh, don't do the stip yet. We can build to the stip. I'd, I'd still think it was rubbish, but not this rubbish. Mm. Well, I'm just thinking if you could did that, this should main event WrestleMania Backlash, by the way. And I don't think it will. I've got a feeling that six months going to. This should main event. It's because not hot in the first match. It was not good. Mm. It's a title match, though, and it's Ronda's coronation. But I, I get where you're coming from there. But, like you say, if that's not quite sweet enough for you, have them say, it's not, they've already said it's an I quit match, and then they've gone, oh, bollocks, we've got three more weeks to fill. So we'll beat up Drew Gulak for a bit, and then uh, we'll do this I quit, do this I quit, beat the clock thing. Just to have them say, you can pick the referee, and and it, you know it's sort of obvious that um, Charlotte's going to pick a, a WWE official, Lil Nage, for example, for obvious reasons, and also he officiated their match at WrestleMania 38 and missed the thing and blah blah blah, and maybe there's a little bit of an indication of like, mm, is he completely? And then just have Ronda, and then have her pick. Some famous MMA person. Like an I quit match, all you have to do is go, do you say I quit? Like, and I know, like, <laughs> who is it? Where Chris Bob Cyborg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, she wouldn't pick Chris Cyborg. She hates her, but... Uh, <laughs> the, uh, who was it when Bob Backlund's just like, Aah! and he's like, yeah, that's an I quit if I've ever heard it. The only thing you have to do is hear someone say the words I quit. So, yeah, literally anyone... Or just some stipulation. Give me a reason, like you say, to care. Because I enjoyed... I don't enjoy... I, I, I Mick Foley always likes a payday. Yes. To be honest, like, he's a very charitable guy, so I don't want to take the pay. So you can go to Disneyland to be cheap and have one... He's a very charitable guy. Mick Foley, right, all the way back in 1999, screwed out of an I Quit match because they played an audio recording of him saying I Quit, which duped the referee. They could hold these beat-the-clock challenge matches. Um, to determine who the referee is, we've just we li we've never given this a minute's thought before this podcast. Nope. Guaranteed, we've just decided to sit down and come up with a better story than they could out of our arseholes. Say McFoley knows a thing or two about being screwed out of an I Quit match. He knows a thing or two about being a good charitable guy and like a beloved WWE folk hero, if you like. He will not fall for some tape recording. He knows exactly when a person. Um, willing to quit because he never was and he'd be able to see they could see 
all sorts, all sorts. You get an extra, an extra star on the graphic. It makes it look a little bit better. And there's a, reason, be there's like, a reason for the television show I've just watched to actually exist. And people would probably be more inclined to be like, yay, Ronda, because he's raising her arm. And Anyway, let us know your thoughts on SmackDown. It's so bad. On Twitter. It's so pointless. At WhatCultureWWE. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... Not bad for a bloody morning's work, all this nonsense. At M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. As I said, a bit of a weird day today. So the Raw review is already out right now. And myself and Hamlet will be back later on today with the AW Rampage review. But for now, this has been the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.